me about taking your dog to the doggy pool. It was really nice. My on Wednesday I took the day off of work and I went down to a specialized pet resort pool that's just for dogs. And my mom and I took our dogs to the doggy pool, and my mom's dog absolutely loved the doggy pool, and my dog sat on the edge of the doggy pool and wept viciously as me and my mother and my dog all played in the pool with her dog, and he would not come in because he is a coward. Tag yourself, I'm Caitlin's dog. (laughs) I'm Caitlin's mom's dog. Actually, no, you I am don't want to be that dog. No, also, and and realistically, I am also I'm Riot. I'm your dog because I don't all, like going in pools. We're all Riot on the inside. He did pools eventually. Are pools are. I just I'm not a good swimmer. I don't really like going into pools. They're stanky, especially this one because there was dog hair floating in it. Well, it is a dog pool. It's a so. dog pool, but anyways, he did eventually work his way into entering the pool. But mm-hmm. he, like, hated it. And he did swallow a bunch of water and then choked. And oh, oh. So. That's I relatable. Felt, I felt so bad. <laughs> but it was, really, it was his fault. He had a life just, he had a life jet on. <laughs> a life jet? Yeah. That's like a jet that if your dog starts to drown, it, like, goes off. It, like, flies And it, like, blasts air. your dog right yeah, out of that that's, pool. That's what happened to him. He started to choke on the water, and then it blasted him out of the pool. Oh, thank and God that, for that life jet. Honestly, the life jet saved him. All I'm senior so citizens should have, have life, life jet. jet. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. Um, I have a question. If you were a dog, what kind of dog would you be? We've done this. Have we have done we? this? We've done this exact thing. I remember it because my dog that I am was named Reginald. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, let's let's not All go right. down that ladder. Hey, go- hey, if, if we- you were a pool, what kind of pool would you be? Oh, Ooh. now here's something I could get into. <laughs> I know what kind of pool I want to be, but I don't know what kind of pool exactly. I am. Exactly. Mm. I understand completely. Like, I feel like the pool I want to be would be, like, not a chlorinated pool, but, like, yeah. a spring-fed pool where it's, like, you see, like, a waterfall, and it's going down into, like, a little rock pool, like, and you swim in that, and then there's another waterfall that comes down from that, and it's cold and clear. But in reality, what I probably am is one of those dumpster pools in Philadelphia where, like, rainwater has filled up the dumpster, and then the Philadelphian citizens have come to sit inside of the dumpster with the rainwater. Strong words about Philadelphia here. Really strong Look, I'm words I'm not being an asshole. I saw a news article about this. <laughs> I would be a swimming hole. That'd be a what the you know, fuck is that, cat? That is you know, sexual. No, it's no, not a wait, swimming it's hole. Not a, a swimming hole. You know, it's the yeah. local like water-filled like hole where there's like rope swing and kids go and they get hurt and oh, yeah, and they get go and they like, die on the bridge to Terabithia. Yeah, 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 exactly like that. Caitlin, what kind I, of pool would you be? So I much like Hannah. There's the type of pool that I want to be, and then there's yeah. the type of pool that I like am. Yeah. Um, the type of pool that I want to be is like a natural hot spring. Like Ooh. I want to be like a beautiful hot spring and like everybody goes and they get inside me and they feel refreshed. Mm, yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then but the pool that I actually am is that pool that the bitch from Stranger Things season three is a lifeguard at. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're so like the public pool. I'm- I'm the public the pool. So, like, I'm popular and relatively clean, but like there are some shady figures around. And like you can They're... contract uh what are those yeah. things? Like uh what do they they call those foot foot warts? Yeah, you there's like it, my showers. Like I'm the eye is the pool I'm clean because I'm heavily chlorinated. Right. But there are showers near me that are tangentially related to me and, and you can get a planter wart. You, yeah, they do give you foot warts. Planter wart. Planter That's what planter yeah. wart. Mm. Oh. Well, um, let's play some D&D. P&P, some pools and pagans. Some pools and pagans. Patios and pools. Oh, Okay. Um, hi, I am Kat. I am your DM and I'm your local swimming hole. I am Caitlin. I play Corbin and there's enough chlorine in my body to kill 10 men. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I'm Hannah and uh, it's a swimming ool now because I took a pee. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I learned that joke right. when I was like 10 and I never forgot it. Wow. Oh, and I play Slate. Okay, so uh, last time you left the city of Ilfra, you said your goodbyes to Alden, to the orcs, to the boars, uh, and you got on a ferry and crossed a lake and uh, you went to horse camp. Uh, you met the apprentices of the horse master and uh, you traveled down with them to their settlement and that's where we are picking things up now as uh, you are arriving at the horse master's field settlement. Uh, so you guys make your way down to the settlement. There are many smaller buildings. Uh, these look to be weaving sheds, uh, workshops. There's a kitchen, it looks like, with a pot of something that smells really good cooking. And uh, the apprentices explain that this is where all the other residents live. The Great Lodge is where they and Melia live, but there are about 30 other residents here who farm and weave and build and cook and keep the village running. Uh, and uh, Misha, the boy with the hair in his face, says, I'm so glad all of this war stuff is done. We haven't been able to do anything fun since Torva's army marched through here. I stamp my little feet at him. Oh shit, that's right, Corbin. You're a deer. Yeah, I look annoyed, but I don't say anything. I like butt him in the back with my little horns a bit. Oh, he falls over and all the other apprentices giggle and he his face just turns bright red. He goes, don't do you even know who my parents are? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> got him. He gets got up him. and he looks at Melia. says, my parents are going to hear about this. And uh, Melia just looks at him and says, oh no, I'm so afraid of your parents, Misha. <laughs> and then walks away. So uh, Tasha rides up next to you and says, so what did happen with that war? We've only gotten rumors. Someone said there was some sort of miracle and the other army just vanished? Is uh, that right? Corbin, do you stay a, a deer? Or? <laughs> Corbin turns back into a boy uh, very reluctantly. Um, and then he says, Yeah, that's basically what happened. And nothing else happened. Yeah, we're not quite clear on exactly what happened, but we we were on the ground fighting, yeah. Oh, that's so cool! Uh, Oleo trundles up behind you guys again, and he says, did you, did you knock a bunch of heads? Did you ride a cool horse through the battlefield and, and spear a bunch of soldiers? Yes, like, did you ride a cool horse? Well, Corbin was a cool horse, uh, and oh, I- Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> and I wrote a really big beetle, but, uh, honestly- Oh, you wrote a beetle? Everybody gets, like, really excited about that. Oh. How'd you write a beetle? Did it get really big, or did you get really small? Oh, well, well, Corbin actually made Darius really big, and I take Darius out and show folk. Um, Slake is basically like a riding master. They can ride any animal. Let me tell you what, they can ride a horse- they could ride a beetle. They uh, could ride a boar. Uh, they could ride a bear. I don't you know. You put an animal in front of Slake. They can ride that puppy uh, anywhere. I don't know that that information is accurate. Hundred percent, hundred percent accurate. Amelia laughs and crosses her arms and says, "Well, I suppose you'll be put to the test tomorrow. We'll see exactly how much of a master of horsemanship or other creature you are." Come on. Let's get you some food, and I'll show you where you'll sleep. Uh, Corbin gives, like, a friendly old slap on the back. So, Amelia shows you into the Great Hall. Uh, this room has high ceilings, and the beams are draped with heavy woven fabric to keep in the heat. On the far wall, there's an elaborate stone hearth, carved to look like the head of a great horned creature that, Slake, until just a few minutes ago, you wouldn't have ever seen. However, Corbin, it is obvious to you that it's a stag with antlers carved into stone blossoms. It is an ancient altar to Cernunus. Uh, this and the statue in front of the barn look like they have been here much longer than this settlement. A fire sits between the stone antlers of the altar and the carved face looks out impassively at the room. There is a large table in the center of the hall which has been laid with lunch 
and a few people are sitting around on cushions in front of low tables, chatting and eating. They wave when Melia and the apprentices come in, and Misha and Olio peel off to join them. Atasha leans down to you and says, Come on, I'll show you guys to your rooms, and then you can come back and get some food. Uh, thanks, yeah, we, we, we really appreciate it, uh, okay. Tasha. And Tasha and Lavender show you guys back through a hallway behind the altar to a small, cozy room with comfortable beds and have lots of pillows. And uh, Tasha lingers in the doorway with Lavender. And she says, So, are you guys really heroes? Yes. Yes, we are. Uh, I mean, I guess, depending on your definition of the term. Slake killed a god. What? Which god did you kill? Uh, well, um... Hoogan. I, I didn't do it alone, and... Killed him dead all by themselves. Uh, I mean, we were working together, and it was only because he was, you know, uh, attacking folks with his hawks and stuff, uh... And, uh, you look back at Tasha, and she practically has stars in her eyes. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. You guys must be, like, crazy strong, right? Yeah, Slate could, like, probably lift this whole building up. Corbett! <laughs> Corbett turns to Slake and is like, How does it feel, Slake? <laughs> How does it feel? <laughs> anyway, Slake is, like, super, super strong. I push Corbett and I say, I'm not that strong. Anyway, Corbett has, like, crazy <laughs> magic powers. Corbin dramatically, like, falls to the ground and, like, hits the other wall and is like, oh! Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they're super straight! Corbin, I say, and I go to, <laughs> to pick him up. And, and as I'm pulling him off the ground, I say, anyway, I'm not that strong. Corbin has crazy magic powers and, like, can part seas and stuff. And we're just... No, that's... I can't do that shit. Anyway, we're just looking for our friends right now. And, you know... We just have lots of lots of trauma that we're working through from seeing a lot of people die. So d don't worry about it. You know, we're just just normal people. That's all I'm saying. Speak for yourself, Slick. And uh, Tasha, she smiles at you guys and says, it seems like you guys have been traveling together for a long time. You guys must have seen all sorts of amazing things out there. We don't get to leave this valley this much. You'd think that being on horseback all day, we'd go further than the fields, but Amelia says it's not safe out there. Tasha, is this a cult? No, it's not a cult. Whatever you say, Tasha. And then I like squeeze her hand and I say, If you're not safe, blink twice. <laughs> Tasha laughs and she takes her hand back and says, Don't worry. I'm here because, well, she pats Lavender and says, you know, after my accident, I thought I was just going to be stuck in one place forever. But Melia told me that if I was able to tame one of the horses from the crowned herd, then she'd be able to be my legs. And here we are. Honestly, it's really special. Once you get your own horse. It's not a cult. Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you want me to sign my soul away into a horse cult, all you had to do was ask. You don't need to sign your soul away. Well, I mean, it's not like you sign your soul away, but you will make an unbreakable bond with your horse, and it will be the most meaningful relationship in your life. Oh, I love cults, man. <laughs> So glad we finally found one. <laughs> I mean, that's not a Torva cult. Those are everywhere. Well, come this on. Like, come get some food. I promise is... there's no brainwashing medicines in it. Oh, they <laughs> drugged the food, Slake. Let's go get some. <laughs> Slake is very stressed out, but uh, but goes with you guys to get food. Uh, there is a, a lovely lunch laid out in the Great Hall. It is not drugged with anything. You can examine it all you want. So suspicious. Um, Kat, I am gonna cast um 
detect poison slash disease on the food. Okay. There's no poison. There's no disease. <laughs> All right. I'm it's glad you checked. Food. I'm glad All you right, checked. All right. Well, we've checked and now let's eat. <laughs> it's really good. It's like a, a delicious grainy sort of uh, porridge with lots of fixins that you can you can sort of customize it yourself. They have some bugs I can put in here. There are no bugs, but if you uh, you look around a little bit, you find you do find some bugs in the corners. Okay, I, some, uh, some spiders I go around, and such. <laughs> I go around and I just kind of grab some of them and put them in, stir them up. Delish. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, let's see. Do you uh, do you want to do anything else tonight? There's a big altar. To Ser Nunes, um, there's a couple other buildings. You want to just talk to the other apprentices? I know. Well, one thing I know I want to do is I want to wait until, like, everybody's kind of gone to bed, mm -hmm. um, midsummer style, and then sneak out. And <laughs> um, I want to pray at the altar. Do you want to roll stealth, Corbin? Yeah, I'll roll stealth. Well, <laughs> that is six. <laughs> so tell me how you bungle this. Um, trying to sneak out. I try to sneak out, um, but I don't, my blankets are, I'm not used to like sleeping with a blanket in a soft bed. So I get all tripped up and then I fall out of my bed and, uh, and then I, and then I start army crawling across the floor. Okay. <laughs> I, I hear you thunk out of your bed, Corbin. And I, I start awake and I go, Corbin, are you okay? I have died. Go back to sleep. Um, I continue to army crawl. Uh, I, I, I walk over to you, army crawling on the ground, and I'm like, are, are you trying to go somewhere? You need some <laughs> help, little buddy? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. I was just going to go to the altar in the, in the Great Hall and, and uh, say some stuff to say, Nunes, if you want to come, oh, you can. Yeah, if it's okay. Yeah. All right. You guys head on out there. Mm -hmm. Uh... And the the great hall is quiet. Seems like everybody has gone to bed, but there is still a fire burning in the altar between Sarnunus's horns. What do you what do you do to pray, Corbin? Um, well, first I turn into a deer because <laughs> he will recognize his kin. <laughs> and um I wanna pray to him and say, um, Translate that into into common. Oh, what I said uh, was, "Hey, say Nunes, I don't know if you're still around or if there's like a remnant of you somewhere, um, but right now Fran is is probably in the void somewhere, and I want you to to protect her if you can, cause she's so stupid. Anyways, say Nunes, you should just keep her safe if you can, cause like she's one of yours and shit. Okay, bye." <laughs> At Slake, do you have a prayer you'd like to offer up? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I, I'll pray to Sir Nunes, too, and be like, um, Hello, Mr. Sir Nunes, sir. Um, I don't know what Corbin said with his deer sounds, but it was probably about helping our pal Fran. Uh, so if you could, you know, maybe lend us a, a hand or like a hoof or whatever with that, uh, that'd be super cool. And, um, oh yeah, our friend Mary, too. Uh, they're kind of in the void right now. And Mary got her power from beast gods. And it sounds like you're kind of a beast god. So maybe, you know, you could, like, hook her up or whatever. Uh, thanks for your time. Bye. And, uh, as you both finish your prayers and look into the fire between Ser Nunes's horns, you notice that there's something in the ashes. Something that looks maybe shiny. Corbin snuffles it with his little deer snout and then bites. It's hot. It hurts. Oh, you take <laughs> you take three points of damage and turn back into a boy. <laughs> Corbin like rears up and shakes his little deer head and then falls backwards as a human boy. Oh, I I, I go over to like pat Corbin's hair and be like, shh, shh. <laughs> Are you all right, Corbin? Oh, I touched it with my mouth. It was really hot. It's like there's something in that fire, though. Oh, oh okay. And I, uh, let's see. I, is there like a fire poker or anything? 
Yeah, there are tongs next to the fire. Okay, I use the tongs to take the thing out. <laughs> um, the object that you pull out is a bracelet made out of antler. It's like, give me that, give me that, give me that. Uh, and uh, he, like, takes takes the bracelet. Is it still hot, or is it... It's cooled down cool. now. It's quite, it's quite cool. It's, it's quite cool. Okay. <laughs> um, And he, like, looks at it, and then he puts it on his little arm. And he says, what this, is Mar- this is one of Mary's. It is? Yeah. Was she wearing it when she, well, you know. What? Was she, Kat? No. No, she hasn't worn okay. these in ages. I mean, she okay, hasn't worn I was them gonna since, say. basically since Estra fell. Okay. Um, he says, no, this is like, um, she used to wear the these these types of things at like the ceremonies and stuff on Estra. What does it mean? Um, that Serenunus gots our back. He's got us, baby! Hooray! I assume. I say. <laughs> or he's got Mary. I don't know. Maybe both. Maybe neither. Thanks, Sir Nunes. Thanks, Sir Nunes. All right. So do you guys go back to bed? Or do you stay out here and sleep in front of the fire? Hmm. Honestly, yeah. Corbin actually probably sleeps in front of the fire. <laughs> I don't want to be alone, so I'm joining. Okay, cool. Ah. So the the apprentices find you in the morning, curled up in front of the fire. Olio gleefully pulls the, the blankets that you guys found in this great hall off of you and says, rise and shine. We got to get an early start if we're going to find the herd. Uh, what oh, time I'm, is it? I'm ready. Corbin says as he like claws the ground. <laughs> and uh, Sandy leans to... down. She says, it's almost done. Come on, come on. You guys, it's so exciting. I haven't seen the herds in so long. I'm ready. Can't, I'm already up. Can't you see that I'm ready? Corbin <laughs> says, and he as he is rolling on the ground. I I, I rub my eyes because we're waking up before dawn. Uh, <laughs> but I I do my best to get myself up. And uh, Tasha comes and gives you each uh, an apple and some bread. And the apple is a little bit mealy. It seems like it's been in cold storage for a little while, but... Still okay. She says, come on, we gotta get out there before Amelia kicks our butts. Are you sure this isn't a cult, Tasha? This sounds like such a cult, Corbin says as he lies on the ground and chews an apple. (laughs) And uh, the apprentices leave out the front doors. I look at Corbin and I say, that wasn't an answer. Slake and I make a silent pact with each other to follow the cult members. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you head out. Um, then the sun is just starting to peek over the horizon as you stumble your way out of the Great Hall. Uh, it is another bitterly cold morning, and all the apprentices are wrapped up in their cloaks and coats. Uh, and Amelia uh, is standing there with her arms crossed next to her own horse, which is an enormous gray creature, very stately beautiful horse and the apprentices all have their horses you two however do not have horses they did not provide them for you corbin turns into a horse beautiful i get on the corbin horse (laughs) yeah buddy and uh melia looks at you both and then shakes her head and says that won't do come on i need you both on your feet corbin is on his feet i say (laughs) she she gives you both a frank look all right, I climb Corbin, off Corbin. Corbin turns back into a boy. <laughs> there we go. This is certainly the strangest test of the crowned herd that I have ever facilitated. But I have no doubt that if the queen had faith that this was the right thing for you to do, her wishes are my command. Now, in order to find the crowned herd, you will need to head out into the fields. You may see other herds, but they are common horses, and they will run when you approach. The crowned herd will not run if they spot you. They will simply vanish into the tall grass, and then you will need to start your search again. Once you have successfully tracked and infiltrated the herd, you will need to gain their trust. You do not choose your horse from the crowned herd. The horse will choose you. Such a cult. Do you have any, like, hot tips for, uh, befriending these horses? Yeah. Tasha pipes up and she says, 
you just need to communicate with the horse in its language. Well, not its language. I realize that with the two of you, that's probably too literal. <laughs> but <laughs> just look into its eyes and feel its trust. Cool. Um, We'll work on that, I say. Okay. First, Melia says, you will need to track the herd. I can give you no clues other than that there are resources available here at this camp. And you see Tasha motioning wildly to her own horse. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, like, she's, like, just outside of Melia's view. Okay. Okay. Corbin goes over to the horse. Wait, also, first of all, Corbin casts Pass Without Trace on um, myself and Slate. Oh, that's a good idea. So that we're sneaky and the horses can't see us. Okay. And then I investigate Lavender. 20, but not natural. 20, but not natural? Okay. Good, because I got eight. (laughs) (laughs) You notice that the uh, the hooves of Tasha's horse are not like normal uh, horse hooves. They are more pointed and splayed like a deer's. Oh, I got this. I got this. I got this. What secrets have you learned from the horse, Corbin? <laughs> They're deer. And Amelia motions out towards the field. Well then, your trial begins. Head out into the field and we'll catch up once you've located the herd. Corbin runs. You just run off into the tall grass, not a care to the wind. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I'm here to get a horse, dog. <laughs> I, I say to uh, Amelia, we won't disappoint you. And I run off after Corbin. <laughs> and uh, you don't hear it, but the camera pans back to Amelia and the apprentice is waving. And Amelia says, oh, there is a, like a 20% chance that they're going to die out there. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, buddy. Hello, sweet listeners. Welcome to another episode of The Ads. In the middle of the episode of Dames and Dragons... I am the theory of your DM, Cat, here to serenade you with some thank yous, some advertisements, and some special messages to beautiful listeners. Um, what's going on here at Dames HQ? Uh, if you missed it last time, uh, Noelle is still doing the very cool... Uh, Listen-alongs, I believe that's going to happen on Tuesday, although at the time that I'm recording this, I have had no confirmation, so I don't know, maybe that's not happening. Um, Check Twitter. Twitter will know. Twitter knows all. Um, Otherwise, you know, I just want to say thank you to everybody, and I hope you're all staying safe, staying healthy, staying spicy, um, staying flavorful staying like a good unctuous stock um to make the soup of life and love um let's thank some people let's thank our patrons without whom none of this is possible um you keep us going because without the accountability that you provide we would not be fueled by guilt to uh get this out on time So thank you to Robert Johnson, Stephanie Lento, Bloody Red Baron, JC, (laughs) Jason Casey, Ariel, Candice, Alyssa, Charlotte, and Megara. Thank you all for your love and the motivation to keep on keeping on. Um, also gonna thank our reviewers. Uh, it was pointed out to me that apparently iTunes reviews don't exist anymore. It's now Apple Podcasts. Um, and if you aren't listening on that, you know, leave us a review wherever. Um, I have a website up here that apparently pulls reviews from everywhere. So 
if you aren't listening on Apple Podcasts, but you are listening on a platform that allows you to review our podcasts, let us know how much you love us. Don't let us know if you hate us. I If you have listened to 78 or whatever episodes of this podcast and you don't like it and you are like, maybe I should leave a negative review here after 78 episodes. I guess actually I do want to know. I do want to know why you listened for so long and then decided you hate us. Um, But just be gentle. My feelings are very fragile, like a newborn baby egg. Um, But everybody else is very nice, except for this theoretical person I've made up in my head, and I want to thank them for being so nice and saying nice things. Uh, So that is a thank you to Jojo underscore 513, Gradreel, Jickerjack, Desroda23, Aventi, Rizwin Hollystrack, that's some fantasy bullshit naming, I love it. Uh, Arcadian Skies. Is that a Skies of Arcadia reference? If it is, very good. And nickname ID 999 repeating. Thank you all for reviewing our podcast. And if you want to give me the greatest gift of all, leave me a review and I will read it and treasure it and put it to bed in a tiny little matchbox bed the size of a mouse that is in my drawer where I keep all the reviews all tucked into their little matchbox beds. Anyway, so uh, now I have a word from a very special listener who has, uh, has a word for another special listener. And this is from Anna Eagle. And Anna says, Dear Christina, Happy 24th birthday slash 20th friend anniversary. I figured since I couldn't fly in for your birthday, a personal message from our favorite podcast would be an acceptable substitute. I'm so happy you love the dames as much as I do, because listening to them makes me miss you less. Now that you kicked grad school's butt, you're becoming an amazing OT that's going to help so many kids with your incredible passion and dedication. I couldn't be prouder. I'm so grateful that you were born 24 years ago because I have no idea what I would do without you. You really are the Lizzie to my Jane, the Batman nurse to my John Mulaney, the road to my egg. And I love, I love, I love you. Love, Anna. P.S. Allison, I love you too, but it's not your birthday and I'm not made of money. That's very sweet. I was trying to figure out how to pro- how to pronounce the the text heart that was at the end of the message, but um, I don't remember if that's the less than sign or the more than sign. Um, I remember there's some sort of mnemonic about an alligator to figure it out. I don't remember what that is, Um, but just know there is a heart because this is a message full of love. If you would like uh, to have one of us say words uh, to your intended recipient on this podcast, you can go to uh, our store and, um, you can buy yourself a personal advertisement. You can even just buy one for yourself and you can, you know, let yourself know that you love yourself or you can tell yourself to go fuck yourself. We'll say anything. We'll say anything for money. Uh, speaking of things that I will say for money, Elderwood Academy, they are artisans. They craft amazing gaming products. Dice towers, dice trays, just anything dice adjacent. Also dice. And they're all crafted to look like cool scroll boxes and scroll cases and neat medieval towers. You know all of this. Uh, If you've listened to our show, we've told you all about it. And you might have gone to their website and you might have gone, oh my gosh, these are beautiful things, but I'm not made of money. It's a pandemic and nobody's made of money right now. So I wanted to tell you about um, a really cool product that they have that won't break the bank. They have a seven-piece metal dice set that are really, really cool looking. Uh, They are zinc alloy dice, and they come in all sorts of colors. There's nightmare black, which are very Corbin, like very good. Red, black, look like Shadow the Hedgehog. There's gnomish copper, uh, so you can have cool copper dice. You can have dead man's gold. Oh man, those are very shiny. Those almost... That awakens my inner dragon. Ooh, dragon's gold. They're sort of a duller gold. I actually think I like the uh, the dead man's gold more. They're very shiny. There's chainmail silver. Basically just a bunch of very cool uh, metal 
dice uh, and they won't break the bank. They come in at a cool $35 for a very beautiful and well-made set of dice. Uh, they have sharp edges for the best balance possible. Uh, so if you are want some weighty dice to feel the weight of all of your terrible decisions as you roll to see if you succeed in your plans, uh, check out the seven-piece metal dice set from Elderwood Academy. And if you're heading on over there, please go to elderwoodacademy.com slash don't split. That's elderwoodacademy.com slash don't split. Please go there and buy some cool stuff. Okay, on to the next ad. Our next sponsor today is Hero Forge. Have you ever wanted a very small version of yourself or a very small version of the fantasy creature that you imagine yourself as? That's where Hero Forge comes in. Hero Forge offers fully customizable tabletop miniatures with dozens of fantasy races and thousands of parts to choose from. Do you want a cool spiky dragon arm? You could probably do that on Hero Forge. Do you want a cool spiky dragon head? I know for sure you can do that on Hero Forge. Their easy-to-use design tools lets you build your perfect miniature online using a fully 3D in-depth character creator right in your web browser. There's a variety of materials to choose from, plastic, metal, you decide. Hero Forge offers downloadable model files so you can use your own 3D printer if you have one of those because you're really cool. And if you do have a 3D printer, I don't really have a use for one, but I don't know. I just wish I knew somebody with a 3D printer. It seems like, you know, you've got like your friend who has a normal printer for when you need to print important tax documents. I need a friend who has a 3D printer for when I need to print important D&D figurines. Uh, Hero Forge is constantly expanding their catalog of customized options. You can... They add new parts every week, so if you are looking for a robot arm and it's not exactly right, check back next week. They'll probably have a cool robot arm for you. So visit HeroForge.com and start designing your custom miniature today. Today. Or tomorrow. Or next week. They'll have cool stuff next week, too. So that's HeroForge.com. I forgot to select a cold word today. So the sleeper agent will have to be activated by this song. Chantel, the code word is wife haver. The sleeper agent is active. Go! So what is going to be your strategy for tracking these horses? So I guess I'm running out into the field and I want to do, uh, I want to see if I can spot any of those deer-like hoof prints in the, in the tall grass, okay. the muddy grass. Uh, do that at advantage because you know what the hoof prints look like from Tasha's horse. I'm so glad you said that, Kat, because I just rolled a two. Nice. <laughs> Okay, that's much better. <laughs> that is like way over 20. Okay. You Not find natural, a set of tracks. It looks like they're, they've come this way. It's been a little while, but you can follow these tracks. I say, um, Slake, 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 look. And I point to the tracks. Oh, nice one, Corbin. Thanks, I'm a druid. <laughs> and then uh, I get down on, you know what, actually, Cat. You know what I do? I turn into a prairie dog. <laughs> it's genius. Genius! And I run after those tracks, and I'm sniffing my little prairie dog nose, and I'm looking at the tracks. Are prairie dogs uh, notably good trackers? I don't think they are. But they're small. <laughs> but they're small, and I think it'd be easier for me to, like, keep the tracks. Because okay. I'm, like... Close, close to the ground, you know, as opposed to like having to look through the tall grass. It'd be a stealthy prairie dog. 
Slake, will you please make a perception check? I will. To find Corbin in this uh, shoulder-high grass. Perfect. Well, let's see. Perception, you said, right? Yes. Okay, so that's 14. Uh, Slake, you almost immediately lose Corbin in the tall grass. (laughs) But it's 14. I mean, that's not that bad. I mean, I guess it is a prairie dog. It's a prairie dog in shoulder-high grass. Shit. Okay, well, that's okay. I'm going to try and find both Corbin and the tracks again using uh, tracking skills as well. So okay. I'll I'll make a survival check if that works. Okay. Okay. That is a 12. <laughs> Slake, you are now <laughs> in the middle of this field of tall grass and you can see nothing in any direction other than grass and some small shrub-like trees with orange berries that you see birds coming occasionally to pick off the berries and eat them. Uh, But you don't see Corbin, and you have lost the tracks entirely. I've abandoned my boy. (laughs) I mean, I have plans. Uh, It's like you see a little bit of a movement out of the corner of your eye. Mm -hmm. Something rustling in the tall grass. Okay. Do I need to make perception check for it, or do you want to investigate it, or do you want to? What do you want to do with, with that information? I guess I should. I want to like stealthily observe it. Um, okay. Why don't you make me a stealth roll then? Okay. Ooh, a natty one. Oh, <laughs> so Slake, you uh, crash through the tall grass at speed. Uh, towards this <laughs> rustling shape. Maybe it's Corbin. You don't know. Uh, but it's not Corbin. It is, in fact, a horrifying skeletal apparition of a horse. Oh my god, I want this one. towards you with lar- its red eyes glowing. And please roll initiative. Oh, I want to um, ride this horse. This horse is not for riding. All right. So you're saying you're saying that this horse is like a monster and that I can't have this be my horse. You can't have this be your horse. This is a monster horse. <sighs> Why is life so unfair? God, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Hannah. It's you know what? It's fine. I don't even care. <laughs> All right. I'll roll initiative to fight this beautiful horse. Ooh, okay. Well, that's uh 21. I can do math. The horse rolled a five. You go first. All right. I guess I'll attack this horse with my picks. <laughs> okay. Well, my first attack, I rolled a one. You swing your pick at like its flank and then your pick just goes right through the space between bones. Um. So I'll roll for my next attack. Okay. Fucking better. Okay. So this time I rolled a uh, 17, which plus my... Uh, yeah, that hits the skeleton horse. Cool. I hit my beautiful skeleton horse. Okay, so that's 18 damage total. This, you destroy this horse. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, no! I look at you... my hands and I say, what have I done? <laughs> the horse just crumbles into dust under your pick. And uh, you realize... There's more movement out in the grass. In fact, it looks like there might be a lot of these skeleton horses. I say, well, I really goofed it up this time, huh, friends? <laughs> I'm gonna run. You run? Yep, I don't want to hurt any of these beautiful horses anymore. All right, Slake, uh, you take off running and the horses pursue you. <laughs> the ghost horses pursue you. Oh! Cool. Corbin... You, uh, from your vantage point on the ground, you've been following these tracks. You've been mm-hmm. sniffing along these tracks. Yeah, buddy. And then you hear crashing in the grass about 50 yards away from you. Um, I... Do you, have you even realized that Slake wasn't behind you? No, I think I haven't. <laughs> so <Same work>. <laughs> we work great together. We're doing amazing. <laughs> so I like turn around. I do like uh, 500 little spins in a circle, like looking for, for Slake. <laughs> yes. I, I just realized something. You're a prairie dog and you're about yeah. to like turn and look dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> 
I turn and I look dramatically and um, Slake is not there and I realize this. Mm -hmm. So I do the only logical thing that I can think to do. And as a prairie dog, I run directly towards the sound that I have just heard. And the two of you meet in the middle as uh, Slake, you narrowly avoid stepping on Corbin in your <laughs> fleeing. And then Corbin, you see the pounding of skeletal hooves coming towards your tiny prairie dog body. Oh um, my god. I scream as a prairie dog. It's like... Oh. Well, I, I pick up Corbin because I don't want her to be trampled to death. I crawl up your little armor. Cool. You. Uh, and then I think I'm gonna maybe like hit the dirt and like try and hide in the tall grass all right why don't you roll a say stealth roll and we get like plus 10 right yeah awesome so that's 27 all right you successfully do like a very cool dramatic slide into the dirt and flatten yourself out and it seems that the horses the skeleton horses have lost your trail Hooray! <laughs> uh, Corbin chitters in your ear and then also sniffs around for Darius. Oh no. <laughs> Darius is safe. He's in my pocket. Darius is safe in Slake's pocket. Darius has just been hibernating because it's very cold it's for a little cold. beetle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think Corbin is now going to turn into a mastiff. Oh, oh there you go. Yeah, so I will become a dog, (laughs) and I'm uh, gonna sniff around and try and pick up the trail again. Do I need to, what should I roll for that cat? Roll investigation. (gasps) And roll with advantage, because you're a a bloodhound, you're a a dog. Hell yeah. Thank god you said that again. Roll the three. (laughs) I'm here, I'm looking out for you guys. Roll the three two times. So what was that investigation, cat? Yeah. Um... I don't think it's that much as a bloodhound, but let's see. Or a mastiff. Yeah, I think that would be... I mean, I rolled a three, so, like, I don't think no. I did it anyways. <laughs> no, you didn't do it. You didn't yeah. do it. You have, you've lost the tracks. Mm. I sit down and I start to whine, and then I bay. Oh, <sighs> I, I give Corbin scritchies to try and calm him down. Um, and as I'm giving him scritchies, I'm also going to, I guess, try and, and look to see if I see or hear anything that will help me track the horses. My idea was actually to do what I would do in Breath of the Wild oh. and try and find the highest point in the I love that. Line. Do that. That's very okay. good. So I don't have to roll in nothing? No, you, because you are tall, Slake, uh, yeah. you can see there is, it looks like a tree not too far from where you are and you're able to navigate through the tall grass to the tree. Okay. To look just like Link does in Breath of the Wild. Just like Link. Just like Link. Just like Link. Um, all right. So, Slake, you see in the tall grass out in the fields, uh, you look out and you do see a, a herd not too far from where you are. It looks like they're centered around some sort of horned statue in the distance. And circling that herd are some uh, other shapes, some ghostly skeletal shapes. These horses are guarding the other horses. Oof. You're right, Corbin. <laughs> so I'm assuming I still have the amulet that lets me talk to animals. Yeah, you do. Okay, so I can talk to Corbin then, right? Yeah, yeah, you can talk yeah. to Corbin. Okay, so I say to Corbin. Corbin has just been choosing not to talk to okay, you. Okay, <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that. Um, so I say to Corbin, uh, those skeleton horses, they're the ones, well... I got attacked by one earlier. We're going to have to figure out a way to infiltrate the herd. But those ones are probably going to stop us. And I'm guessing that if we go and fight them, it's going to scare the crown horse guys away. So we have to sneak past them. I guess. You can turn into a, like a horse, right, Corbin? Not anymore. Oh. <laughs> Unless you want to sleep out here. You take a nap? I mean, I feel like those murder horses would probably not mm. be into that. But it's something to think about. Yeah, it's an option. Let's see. Like, how far away are we again, Kat? Um, you're not that far. You, it, you can easily walk over there. 
Yeah, we can walk over okay. there. Um, okay, like within within sixty feet. Oh, oh, within sixty feet. Yes, they are within sixty feet of okay. you. Okay, okay. I would say they are um, the, the skeletal horses are sixty feet away. Do any of the spirit horses seem the the, the bone horses? Any of them seem like they're big and buff and like in charge? Um, you do see there is one horse that the others seem to be following the lead of. Okay. Um, so I am going to, I have to turn back into a, a boy, tragically. Um, That's so sad. I know, I wasted my shapes. Um, so I turn back into a boy. Um, I want to cast Dominate Beast. All right, what does it need to roll? What happens here? Uh, it has to roll a wisdom saving throw. Oh, these things are not very wise. Good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that is going to be a 12. It is charmed by me. All right. And, uh, the skeletal horse looks toward you. And it's like, all right, that guy's chill. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, and it can do whatever I want. So if, uh, I want to sneak up towards the herd now that that one is under my control. All right. And uh, make uh, stealth checks, both of you. Okay. Oh boy. Oh golly. Oh gum. 17. I have like 21. 21? All right, that will do it. Just barely that'll do it. It's like you, like, you step on a twig and like both of you freeze. And then, but it looks like the horses, they're just, their ears flick, but nothing happens. And you are able to infiltrate the herd. So, these creatures are a bit different than other horses, a bit different than other herds. There's a lot of variety in these horses. Some are huge, strong beasts exuding pride and valor, while others are smaller, nimble, more agile. Their only uniting factor seems to be that they all have this unique shape to their hooves. Splayed, looks like they would do well on rough ground. So you guys, how do you approach the herd? Like Harry Potter, I bow to the hippogriff. (laughs) And I show my respect. And then when they bow back, I enter the herd. There you go. Slake? Yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm approaching very sort of cautiously, sort of keeping my head down and moving very slowly. Uh, because I am aware that uh, if a horse kicks you, you're just dead. <laughs> that is also true. That's very true. <laughs> true. That is true. All right. Tell me which horses of this beautiful herd, which, by the way, when you uh, infiltrate this herd, you find that they are centered around another statue of Sir Nunes, another altar. Uh, that This one looks like it has not been cared for the way the altar in the Great Hall has been. But somehow that looks more right. The vines that wind across the antlers are natural, and there are white flowers blooming from the vines, even in the depths of winter. So tell me, which of these beautiful horses approach each of you? Slake, you get to go first, because Caitlin looked away. Yeah. Okay, all right. I, I'm here for this horse, horse activity. Um, so my horse... Uh, my horse is a large horse, a strong horse. Uh, it's, you know, it's the kind of horse like, you know, I mean, you could compare it to, say, the Ganon looking horse from <laughs> Breath of the Wild, uh, except that it, its main body is a black that is sort of iridescent in kind of an oil slick like way. Um, and then its hair or its mane is like more of a pale, uh, cool, gray-green. Mm, very cool. This horse approaches you, Slake, and uh, puts its, its face near yours and breathes its hot breath into your face and then comes up alongside you and gives you this look where you have an amulet that can speak to animals and you understand absolutely from the moment that you look at this horse, that this horse will never speak to you. But it does communicate to you to get up on its back. I get up on the horse's back. (laughs) Get up on the horse's back! (laughs) This horse has accepted you. While we look at what's happening with Corbin, consider, what will you name your new companion? 
Oh my god. Corbin, oh. tell me about the horse which approaches you. Okay. Um, the horse that approaches me, I think we lock eyes from across the herd. Um, and my eyes are wild, as is my horse's eyes. And we instantly share a wild and chaotic connection. Um, and my horse is, like, black-tipped on his little foots, and then kind of a gradient up. And then the rest of his, like, coat is kind of, like, sheeny, gray, white, black. So it's kind of, like, um, metallic, almost, looking in the lights, the various lights. And then he's got a little black snout and a little stripe going down his back. And we see each other. And we run directly at each other <laughs> as fast as we can. And we stop seconds away from each other. And you make a connection with this horse. This horse yes. is now your one companion for the rest of your life. This is my and horse. And Burger Trigger circles overhead. And uh, you hear her call down to you. Please don't replace me with a horse. <laughs> um, I yell up at Burger Trigger and I say, No horse could replace you, Burger Trigger. And as you yell, Corbin, the rest of the herd scatters into the tall grass. And just like Melia said they would, the herd just vanishes as soon as they're out of sight. You don't hear their rustlings. You don't see any tall grass moving. They're just gone. But your two horses remain with you and you are able to ride them back to the horse master's uh, quarters. And uh, as you come out of the tall grass, each of you atop a beautiful horse, Melia and her apprentices are waiting with two beautiful bridles that have been uh, made out of woven leather and dyed beads. And she hands each of you a bridle and says, Well done, well done. I'm glad to see you made it out all right. Now, slip this bridle on your horse and make it a promise. A promise that... As long as you keep, it will stay with you. I look my horse dead in the eyes, and I say, I will never stop eating bugs. <laughs> and I put the bridle on my horse. Does any sparkly magic happen? No, Corbin, you just know deep in your heart that this horse will hold you to that promise. Good. Uh, all right. Well, I, I take the, the bridle, I guess, from Melia. And I nod to her in, uh, in thanks, and um, I go to put it on my beautiful, beautiful horse. Um, and let's see, what is it exactly she said to say? You just got to make it a promise. All right. And as long as you keep your promise, this horse will stay with you. All right. Oh, man, I'm nervous. <laughs> Such a big commitment. It's a lot. Uh, I say, I guess we're horse married now. And I put the bridle on the horse. <laughs> so you can't marry anyone now. No, I can marry other people. I just can't marry any of their horses. Uh, your, your horse accepts the terms of your promise and allows you to bridle them. And uh, then Sandy surges forward and says, what are their names? Tell me their names. Oh, look, at they're so pretty. And then uh, she is just all over your horses, petting <laughs> them and rubbing their manes and She's, she's a produced a brush out of nowhere, and she begins brushing uh, Slake, your horse's mane. And she looks at you expectantly. What are their names? Oh, uh, uh, I, um, I really need to take my time with this one. I feel like, uh, Corbin, did you name your horse already? He told me his name was Sterling. Uh, well, my horse didn't tell me what its name was yet, so I guess I'll, I'll wait on it. Very good. Always listen to your horse. They will be a true guide to you. Now, you can come back with me to the lodge, rest up, and we'll get your horse's tack settled, and then you can be on your way for whatever your next adventure is. And the two of you head back to the Horsemaster's Barns with your new companions.
Mm. That has been Slake and Corbin's Day at Horse Camp. Day at Horse Camp. Day Day at Horse Camp. We were strangers. Started out at a horse camp. camp. Never dreaming (laughs) our dreams would come true. Now here we stand, unafraid of us. (laughs) 